Welcome in to drumroll, please. We have a new name, and it is the Blitz, man. Welcome into the Blitz podcast. Uh, I don't know if any of you, but obviously, if you are listening to the podcast, hopefully you've been paying attention to the Instagram. But name change, man. We got a whole new name. We're cutting out the uh, the buckets part. Honestly, that's my bad. I'm just not not very fluent in uh, basketball knowledge. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I'm a stat watcher when it comes to when it comes to basketball. So for the betterment of the group, we changed the name to the Blitz. And speaking of the group, I'd like to welcome in our new regular guest, weekly guest. Well, not it's not even a guest anymore. Weekly, weekly host, weekly teammate, weekly pod mate, Mr. Mitchell McDonald, man. How you doing? I'm glad to officially be a part of it. I'm all about the Blitz. None of the buckets, apparently. <laughs> none of the buckets we're cutting it out dude but uh yeah it's a good time to say we're uh we're bringing on mitch mitchell mcdonald who has been a routine guest and um mr tyler north we're bringing both of those guys on as permanent stays on the podcast we are now a four-man crew um me and Jaden will be handling the i mean we'll all be having different roles but uh me and Jaden will be on the podcast twice a week and we'll have Mitchell on for one of the days and Tyler on for the other. And it's kind of variable dependent, but, um, but yeah, it should be good stuff. We're got exciting stuff coming. Um, Instagram, obviously on the way up and I love where we're going Four team, four team thing. Now that's what I'm talking about. Let's do it. But yeah. Uh, also wanted to mention, just got back from my first flag football intramural game and it's been my first football experience ever in my life it's fucking awesome if i say so myself i had a nice pass deflection in the end zone today yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about i can see some claps okay all right well i just wanted to just want to brag to everybody real quick but and Jaden, obviously welcome in man how are you doing (laughs) i'm doing good man yeah that's what i'm talking about good stuff good stuff all right well let's Oh, that's funny, Mitch. I, I don't want to hear this anymore. We are a team. We are teammates in this thing. There's no more slander after. We're busy with. We're, you know, we're non-slanderous podcasts at the Blitz. Come on, but that's not true. In case anybody wanted to know. All right, let's hop off the flag football. Hop off the new guests. Let's get into some actual football. And we had week three and a hell of a week that was. So let's dive right into it. Chargers, Chiefs, obviously one of the better games of the day. Uh, Chargers end up pulling it out 30 to 24, the Chiefs 24, Chargers 30. And Mitch, I'll throw it to you right off the bat, man. What were your thoughts? I'm thinking it's bolt gang or don't bang. Finally didn't get (laughs) screwed by a call in the fourth quarter. Joey Bosa questionable to play. (laughs) Well, it's happened to us for the past five years they can live with it once Chris Harris Jr. out <laughs> Brian Belaga out Joey Bosha barely even playing Derwin James going into the locker room to get a shoulder reset doesn't matter don't care we won Mike Williams is that dude and screw Casey I love it this sounds like a Chargers fan if yeah, I mean it might be yeah, just this, me. this sounds a little biased <laughs> yeah this sounds slightly a biased, biased podcast <laughs> But I like it, man. Hey, Chargers I mean, come I've out turned you guys up. into a Chargers pod. <laughs> Chargers pod. Yeah. 
But anyway, um, let's dive into some of the biggest takeaways from this game. Tyler was actually at this game, which is pretty cool. Um, we reposted some of his stuff on uh, Instagram, but really cool. Uh, biggest takeaways from this game. I mean, I'll start right off the bat. Cause for concern in KC, man. Like, what is going on over there? They are sitting under 500 for the first time since 2015. They're one and two. I mean, is there legitimate concern in Kansas City right now? Jaden, I'll start with you. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't say it's like time to hit the panic button because this is still Patrick Mahomes, what's left of Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, and it's still the Chiefs. This is a team that's been to the Super Bowl the last two years, was in an AFC championship the year before that. This is still a very good team. Now, the defensive side of the ball has been a problem. They let the Ravens run right through them. They let Justin Herbert throw the ball over the field. Mike Williams looks like God. Still can't, you know, fully, fully wrap my head around that. But I'm not hitting the panic button, but they need to, they need to have like an internal meeting. Because like you said, this is the first time they've been under 500 in a long time since way before Patrick Mahomes was there. Yeah, since 2015. And this is a team with Super Bowl expectations, not aspirations. This is a team that's supposed to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were talking about going undefeated this year. Yeah. So when you come out and you drop two games, and granted, you didn't get blown out. It's not like the, you know, you're getting, it's not even close towards the end of the game. These are games that most times KC wins. This is why they did this a whole bunch last year. They did this against Denver and Vegas. They would come around. And the final drive, it'd be like, oh, well, here we go. And Mahomes drives right down the field. They score. They win. Game over. But they weren't as lucky this time. They have the Clyde fumble. Herbert is genius. And and brutal <laughs> pass interference call. Yes. Yes. And like Mitchell was saying, the Chargers kind of got, you know, back from last week with the Cowboys and that whole game where they got screwed. But, hey. I, I'm a partial Chargers fan now because I need something to be happy about. So I'm cool with it. I support it. I support it. Not much to be happy about in Washington either. So I'm glad there's a happy fan among the three of us, at least, you know, uh, hey. I'll, I'll prune all, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll leech off your happiness real quick, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that definitely no like serious panic button yet for the chiefs. Like, this is a good team. And Tyreek Hill, I can't remember the exact line, but he was he was held to under 60 yards. I think it was 50-something. And once you get Tyreek Hill going, once you get Travis going, uh, CEH, despite the good game, and I'll talk about it a little later, um, CEH needs to pick up on the run game. Uh, the offensive line didn't look great in this game. Uh, Patrick was kind of off balance for a lot of his throws. He was kind of running around. Um, Charger, credit to the Chargers defense, though. Definitely. And the Chargers, after this game, definitely proved themselves legit. Let's hop into some of the other takeaways from this game. And we already mentioned it. <clears throat> Mike Williams is a fucking dog, dude. He is legit. He is A1. And it's been a long time coming. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, a lot of people have said really good things about Mike Williams ever since he got drafted out of Clemson. Um, super physical. And he's got the speed. Like, he's an athletic freak. But he struggled with injuries and he hasn't maybe gotten the playing time that he wanted, but he's finally shining. And on Sunday, he did just that seven catches on nine targets, 122 yards, 
two touchdowns. He had, he is sixth most receiving yards among receivers in the NFL right now. And he's tied for second most touchdowns. Mitchell, what are you, what are you thinking about your guy, Mike Williams, man? Well, I just shared a tweet to Jaden earlier about my evaluation of him pre-draft saying he was probably going to be Mike Evans-esque if he ever made it to a solid team. And this offseason, he actually invested in his body. He started doing things like yoga to try to stretch out because he's always had those core muscle issues with his back and his abs. And he looks limber now. And if he can stay healthy for a full season – He's going to earn the contract that he's making right now. Well, we're giving him an ungodly amount of money. And imagine that, like, if Mike Williams can continue to do what he's doing and Keenan does Keenan things, I mean, Justin Herbert, sleeper MVP pick. Me and Jaden were talking about it before the pod. Really, I mean, Justin Herbert's so phenomenal so far this year. So, yeah, good things coming out of L.A. Uh, also want to mention – I mentioned it a little earlier before but it was technically a bounce back game for ceh uh he had 17 carries 100 yards and a receiving touchdown in this one but he also had a crucial fumble uh that's back-to-back fumbles and back-to-back games but did have a decent game i guess you could say but does this really help ease the concern about ceh and the chiefs running game mitchell i'll start with you I would not say it does, but mostly because Orlando Brown has not looked worth the trade at all. Eric Fisher definitely looked better than him at left tackle, and he's not exactly filling the gap. Bosa's been in his face all day. The run game is bound to happen against the Chargers because we put two safeties 15 yards back every play. We literally beg people to run the ball on us. So I would say against the Chiefs, it's not not all strategy. Not all good time. Like it. How about you, Jaden? Uh, yeah. As and especially if you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective, take this and get rid of him if you have him, mm-hmm. or if like you traded for him when it was by low time. Now it's time to sell high. You know, people will be like, okay, well now you know maybe there is something there. So if I'm a wide <laughs> owner, I would be selling him off this game because you're probably not going to get this kind of production again, and especially because. The reason why people wanted Clyde, people, you know, there was the hype last year. There was kind of the post hype this year was because he is so good at pass catching and Mahomes doesn't throw the ball to him. He will not do it. Mahomes doesn't need to check down. That's the thing. He's either going to look down the field, try and find Tyreek. He's going to check it down to Kelsey or he's going to make the play himself with his legs. He's not he's never going to throw the ball to Clyde. And at that point, he's just a strict runner. And the only strict runners that you really want on your team are Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. And then, you know, maybe you can start talking about, obviously, on a way lower tier, like Damian Harris. And Clyde is just not that good of, yeah, Chris Carson. And even he catches passes from time to time. But, like, he's just not that good of a strict runner. And especially when there's Patrick Mahomes and all these other weapons, he's he's an afterthought. And Josh Gordon. Oh, we will get into the Josh Gordon stuff, trust me. But I mentioned it last week. Like, CEH was one of the best pass catcher, yeah, pass catching running backs in college. Like, he was elite at that. And without getting that going, like, it's it's a bummer because you have any other quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes or maybe a few others, <clears throat> they're going to check it down to CEH. But 
because it's Patrick Mahomes, he's not looking for him on the check down. So I think it's, I think it's just a bad situation, you know, like maybe, maybe CH just needs a new look somewhere else. Who knows? But that's a conversation for another day. But in the end, Chargers take the dub 30 to 24 in the one o'clock window in a very, very close game. Very high, high caliber. All right. Well, let's dive into our next game. And that is the Ravens versus the Lions in the one o'clock window as well. And the Ravens come out with a very, very close dub in spectacular fashion. Ravens come out on top 19 to 17. And the biggest takeaways from this game start off the bat with the highlight of the game. And that was Justin Tucker's historic game winning field goal from 66 yards out. I cannot believe that. Like, yeah, there was a time back in like 2013, 2014. I might, I might be totally talking out of my ass here, but like the red, the field goal record was being breaking, it broken like almost like yearly. Like it was David Akers for a while, and then it was Prater. Like, but it was like 60, 61, 62, 63. Like it was like very small like increments that they were going up by. But Justin Tucker, eh, Justin Tucker's just like whatever. I'm just gonna get 66 yards and smash the record, which I don't think anybody is touching. Like that is a very seriously long field goal. And for those who didn't see it, I mean, it hit the bar. It hit the crossbar and bounced in like what are the odds man the doink you gotta love to see that spectacular but besides justin tucker's uh field goal kind of an ugly game on both sides um i want to start with like why was this game so close in general Jaden? i'll start with you well like you said this was an ugly game the lions are an ugly team they're going to if they're going to win they're going to win ugly and when they lose they're also going to lose ugly and quite honestly, I think that's great because at least these guys, like, yeah, outside of Swift, Hawkinson, Sewell, you know, the, the line, and they have really nothing on defense. They're not – they don't have a whole lot to be excited about on this team. But at least they're all playing hard. They're all playing for Dan Campbell, which is what you want to see in a year like this where they know that they are not going to be competing for anything. But if you're talking like, you know – why was it so close as far as the Ravens go? I think this shocked me because Lamar always beats up on bad teams because usually bad teams don't have anybody on defense good enough for Lamar. So I thought this was going to be a blowout, but Hollywood and his drop issues kind of made this a little bit closer than it should have been. Yeah. Like, serious problem. I mean, let's dive into it right now. Like Hollywood Brown, he dropped two easy touchdowns. Like, Guaranteed touchdowns sitting in the end zone, touchdowns that just like went right through his hands. Absolutely terrible. And then then his other drop, three drops in one game. That's ridiculous. But his other drop was like another potential touchdown. Like you take it, what? I, I can't even remember how far it was, but like for Hollywood Brown, that's a touchdown. Like those three drops could have potentially turned into three touchdowns. Like, if Lamar's main target isn't there, like, especially so far this year, like he did transition to Mark Andrews in this game, which he's done in the past. But like, I had high hopes for Hollywood Brown, especially after last week. Mitchell, what are your thoughts? I think one of the bigger issues was the 
running backs were just getting dump passes and taking them about 20 yards every time on them. If, now, granted, the Ravens did have people in COVID protocol. Like, I, I'm probably about to butcher his last name, but Mabaduke, after he just scorched the Chiefs last week, pass rushing, it, it was pretty clear they didn't have an ideal defensive line to defend them. So I think that was part of it. But when, when you have so many open receivers dropping passes, I don't think I'd be panicking. It's just kind of a freak situation where they just get a case of Butterfingers for the week. Gotcha. Jaden? At a BK. Just going <laughs> to do that. I knew I'd butcher it. I knew yeah. I was going to butcher it. Yeah, they had um, – I think Calais played, but, like, every single other one of their defensive linemen was out. Um, but, yeah, Hollywood dropping it that much, like – two touchdowns that changes the game. But right. even then I feel like Lamar can just do thing, do enough with his legs and he couldn't get out. It felt like all day he could not get out of the pocket. He had like one or two solid runs, but he made a couple guys miss, you know, here and there, but he would do it once or twice, but then he'd get sacked eventually. Anyway, he, he would like, you know, have a guy miss this way, but then he'd fall back into another guy and their line is awful. It's awful, especially without Ronnie Stanley. It's really, really bad, and the Lions do not have a good pass rush whatsoever. So that is concerning. That is, like, where one of the main concerns falls. Obviously, the Hollywood drops will get fixed over time. Right. But that is a problem. And the fact that, realistically, they should have lost this game. Like, I hate to be that guy. But oh, no. There I was mean, a percent They missed a, like, three- or four-second delay of game penalty right before they – trotted tucker out for the kick like i sat it was a delay of game it, i was like one two three and then he snapped it and threw it away and then they kicked the field goal but they should have lost this game oh yeah i mean if you're playing you play like this against any other team in the league you're getting blown out by 30 points yeah. like <clears throat> it's pretty clear but brutal on the uh, brutal on the raven side like I mean, obviously, Justin Tucker's kick is phenomenal and everything. And, yeah, sure, you probably have one of the, if not the best kicker of all time, right next to Adam Benatari. But, I mean, he's – Justin Tucker's not going to nail every 66-yarder, I could tell you that. So, I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Mark Andrews does bounce back in this game. Uh, five catches on seven targets and 109 yards. So, it's good to see Mark Andrews contribute again in the absence of Hollywood Brown in this game. All right. Well, let's move on to one of the bigger headliner games of the week. And that was the Rams versus the Buccaneers. And the Rams come out on top in this one, 34 to 24. And biggest takeaways from this game, very efficient day for the quarterbacks. Not one interception thrown in this game, if you can believe it. I mean, great defenses on both sides, but no interceptions thrown in this game. Brady goes 41 for 55. The man's throwing 55 passes in his 40s. My God. But he goes for 432 yards and a touchdown. But Stafford was the primo, better, a lot better. He goes 27 for 38, a lot more efficient, 343 yards and four touchdowns. And me and you, Jaden, were talking a little bit about Stafford for the podcast. I mean, is this a potential MVP candidate we have here? I think he's a MVP favorite. I think 
In fact, I think he is the MVP favorite as of today. And I mean, if they can keep playing like this, when you've got Cooper cup doing his thing, you know, their that offense is clicking right now. And when you go in and you get a statement win against the defense, like the bucks, the defending champions, Tom Brady on the other side, like, and then you do what you did to the bears in week one and you beat the Colts fairly convincingly that score kind of lied a little bit on how close that game was, but he, Matt Stafford has been amazing so far. And he's currently, if I, I mean, if we're voting in week three, Matt Stafford is my MVP. Yeah. I mean, there's not many others that are up for the MVP grabs right now. I mean, I can't like in the quarterbacks, I, I Kyler Murray, I mean, he did struggle against Jacksonville. I mean, but... if you really like, if you want to take name value out of it and performance, solely Derek Carr's got to be in that conversation as much as it, I hate to say it because I don't think he's that good oh yeah Derek Carr does have to be in the conversation Mitchell who's on your mind for MVP just curious Herbert Justin Herbert yeah. but it's uh, <laughs> yeah. all and... <laughs> realistically probably Kyler is the front runner right now because he is that offense he has DeAndre Hopkins the third too but you take him out and put a regular quarterback in, they just turn into the Houston Texans because it's just DeAndre Hopkins. Right. No, I think Kyler and Stafford are right there for the MVP race right now. But Justin Herbert, definitely, definitely a sleeper pick. Dark horse right now. But you mentioned it earlier, Jaden. Cooper Cup continues to dominate in this game. Nine catches on 12 targets. 96 yards and two touchdowns. He leads the NFL in yards and touchdowns as a receiver. I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, as far as fantasy goes, this can mean nothing good for Mr. Robert Woods, who I thought after the first two weeks might be a buy low candidate. But if you're watching the games, he's not even looking for Robert. Uh, Robert. Like he's not even looking his direction. Cooper Cup is his first read and Cooper Cup has been open. So he's been throwing it right to Cooper Cup. Like, I really – I'm concerned about Robert Woods. And I know it's week three. I know. But it's still three weeks in front of us. And why would you not throw to this man when he's doing what he's doing? So, <clears throat> also, Jalen Ramsey, we talked a lot about him uh, on the last pod previewing this game. Um, it was up for debate who he was going to end up covering. But he ends up moving around a lot in this game. No solo coverage on one singular person, which I thought was a little interesting just because – you know, no Antonio Brown in this game. So it might make a little more sense to go solo coverage on somebody. But, I mean, either or, they get the dub. Uh, Mike Evans ended up with eight catches on 106 yards. Godwin, six catches, 74 yards. And Gronk, four catches, 55 yards. So relatively held in check besides Mike Evans. But, hey, man, don't sleep on Mike Evans. I know a lot of people hate on Mike Evans. But Brady loves him, and he's – that the only receiver in NFL history to go for seven consecutive thousand yard seasons. So gives him Mike, it gives, it give my man, Mike Evans some respect. He's also on my bench in my fantasy team in our main league. So woo, Mr. Flex respect. He's on my bench. <laughs> <laughs> he's not good um, enough to start. Give him respect. He will be. If Alan Robinson continues to do what he's doing, Jeez, which we'll dive into a little bit later. Um, also, I mean, is there a legitimate concern for the Bucks running game at this point? I mean, it just looks uh, – I don't know if it's because Brady just feels like throwing 55 passes in one game or if he's being forced to, but either way, Rojo and Lenny, 
especially Lenny in the playoffs, Rojo in the regular season last year, like they looked fairly decent last year. I mean, Rojo, hey, did he go for a thousand yards last year? I feel like he was coming. He was close. just under. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he was just under. But I mean, that's out the window now. They both looked absolutely terrible this year. They combined for nine carries and 19 yards in this game. Also, their new guy, Giovanni Bernard, ends up fumbling in this game in a crucial moment. I mean, how – but despite these running struggles, like I said, like, is it Brady just wanting to throw more? Like, I want to hear – I want to hear what you guys think. Like, how important is the running game going forward for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Jaden, I'll start with you. I mean, not extremely important. They didn't ha- – like, Rojo was close to 1,000 yards, but – that team that was giving Rojo that amount of carries is completely different from the team that they're using right now. And you may say that the roster is exactly the same, but yeah, everyone, everyone can agree that the team that we saw throughout the first 10 weeks of last season was completely different team than we saw from that then on into the Super Bowl and the team that we've seen this year, they were losing in this game for pretty much the entirety of it. So Brady throwing 55 times is kind of what you come to expect. You're not going to hand Leonard Fournette the ball in that situation. That's why I've said stay away from both of them fantasy-wise. Um, I just I think that a three-headed system with guys that are just going to do just enough with a good line, plug and play, the running game is not something – this is not a detractor from, you know, the Bucks being the best team in the NFL. Like, if you're going to be weak at a wow. position – if that's, you're gonna, that's kind of a hot take, man. If you're gonna be weak at a position, <clears throat> be weak at running back, especially when you've got all this going on. Especially when you've got a 42 year old quarterback. That 42 year old quarterback Psych. is Tom Brady. Yeah, this is true. 45. But do you think Tom Brady can continue to throw nearly 60 passes every game? As a, like just anybody at that age, I don't care who you are. Like, well, good luck. a. And it was game script. All right. Yeah. Hey, like a lot and of it B, was game script in this game. B, they were playing Aaron Donald. So, you know, how like more times than not, this team's going to be winning because their defense is very good and they do have Tom Brady and the rest of that offense. So they're going to be winning and their running game won't matter as much just as long as it keeps them with the ball, they'll be fine. And in games that they're losing, they're not going to use it anyway. So Giovanni Bernard had a fumble. I don't think it's, you know, anything to like, you know, we should be calling for his head, even though Mitchell loves that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The running game is not a concern in Tampa Bay at all. Not a concern at all. Wow. I don't think, I mean, they won the Super Bowl without stellar running back play, but playoff Lenny was playoff Lenny last year. Like he was, very good and was a big reason why they made it to the Super Bowl in general. Mitchell, what are your thoughts? I think Lenny will just turn it on when he needs to. They haven't needed it yet. And I think the biggest concern for the Bucs is their secondary, especially after Murphy Bunting's injury. They have been scorched by just about everybody passing. They lucked out with Matt Ryan throwing two late pick sixes last week because that was a four-point game until that happened. And once they faced a really good offense with Stafford, they looked bad all game. So I think there's way bigger concerns than running back, which they could never use in this game because they were always down. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I like uh, I like what you're saying about the secondary, definitely. And Jaden likes it too because he did some finger guns while you said it. I saw that. So, but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Also, I mean, with this game being such a big game, I mean, two potential NFC championship match. I mean, not two potential NFC championship matchups. The potential NFC championship matchup in this game. I mean, we could take a lot from this, and especially with the Chiefs sitting in one and two right now, can we say that the Rams are the clear Super Bowl favorite right now, Jaden? I don't think it's clear, and I'm not going to, like, buy in too much to what happened on Sunday, but the Rams have looked like the best team in the NFL so far. They've looked nearly unbeatable through three games. The Bucs have looked beatable twice, once where they lost last week, and then Dallas was, a, you know, not exactly a blowout. Um, they've looked great, and I don't think there's any team that's looked better than them so far, and they've got all the pieces. They've got Aaron Donald. They've got Jalen Ramsey. Now Matt Stafford's in there. Cooper Cup's playing great. They're my Super Bowl favorite right now through three weeks. And not now, like uh, – yeah, I know, granted, like – Next like, week, yeah. I, yeah, I know. Like, it has only been three weeks, but I like – I mean, some serious stuff can happen in three weeks, like this game right here. Like, I mean, it tells us a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the Rams look like the best team in football right now. They have an elite defense, and all they needed was the offense, and now they have it. Mitchell? I'm going to actually say my Super Bowl favorite is from the AFC, and it's not the Chargers. I was going to say. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, man. I'm going to actually say the Browns are probably my Super Bowl favorite. They're one botched punt away from being 3-0, and and they don't really have a weak spot. Their receivers are kind of weak at the moment, but that's just because Jarvis is on IR temporarily. But Odell came back, and he looked good. And Owosu Koromora looked amazing when he played, along with both of their two-headed monster on the defensive line. Yep. Davion Clowney and Miles Garrett look great this year. Jaden, what do you want to say? I just wanted to point out that Washington passed on uh, JOK. <sighs> Thanks, man. I, I need <laughs> I need more bad news on the Washington football team side. Thank you. I appreciate that. Do we want to just cover that now? Because we didn't. No. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about no. this one. We yeah, we're gonna talk about this. it, but not extensively oh, because I will reach through the computer screen and fight all of you. That's just how it's going to go. <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping for. That's why I said let's talk about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mitchell, I want to toss it to you real quick. Um, I'm just curious for myself, and I imagine that a lot of uh, fantasy owners are. And because it's the Rams, because they are a potential Super Bowl favorite right now, uh, what's the status of Daryl Henderson? I know he's got something going on with his ribs. You know, Can you elaborate on that at all? Well, it's a cartilage injury. Granted, A lot of people play through rib injuries, but after the incident with Tyrod last year, I'm thinking a lot of people are going away from the temporary painkiller injections, and they could end up resting him more. Now, granted, this team has a lot of running backs, and if you have Sony Mm -hmm. Michelle stashed in fantasy, you'll make out fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, wanted to note, Jake Funk got one carry for six yards in this game. Woo! Yeah, go Jake Funk. He a turp. He a turp, man. I expected it based on what uh 
<laughs> turtle noises. Based on what McVay said, I expected a lot more work than one carry, but one carry for six yards, man. He's averaging six yards a carry on a year. Yeah. That's all right. That's our guy. That's our guy. Our next game that we're going to dive into is the Packers and 49ers on Sunday night football. And what a game this was. Packers win 30 to 28. And the biggest takeaways from this game, I'll just say it off the rip. Aaron Rodgers is that man. Nobody messes with this dude. Like I remember I was in the group chat during this game. There was 30 seconds left and no timeouts. And I was like, there's still time on the board. A lot of time for Aaron Rodgers. And I was getting a lot of slander for that. Where's the slander? I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Like, yeah. See, I hear nothing. I, don't... I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers is great. But when you say there's a lot of time left on the board, the 49ers just completely fucked themselves with their that first play. They, they just four people in a box and just like stayed – with a force field around Devonte Adams to make sure that he could walk himself and get wide open. I didn't expect that to happen, but it's Aaron Rodgers. He led this team to do this. Come on. He's that man. He goes for 261 yards in this one, two touchdowns and what a game winning drive. I mean, and I would like to retract on every single bad thing that I said about Aaron Rodgers on the last pod, just because First of all, I love Aaron Rodgers. I've never, like, if that wasn't clear to anybody, he is one of my favorite players in the league. And as I, he is literally the only jersey that I have right now because I don't have any Washington football team gear. Oh, dude, I won't you have buy a Cam it. Newton Patriots jersey. Come on. You're Come right. On I don't even know where that is. I don't even know where that is. He's not an I, active I, player, though. Does that count? <laughs> I don't even, I, literally, I, I don't know where that jersey point. is. Literally, I don't know where that jersey is, so it doesn't matter. Any good? We need to know what we need to do is we need it. to get you some. We need to get you some Cowboys apparel. That's what we oh need. Oh my to god! Do. What's with this Cowboys talk, man? I say all I said was, and we'll dive into the game a little bit. All I said in the group chat was that Tra- Trayvon Diggs was having like, is he possibly one of the next elite corners to come up? Like, I know that's an overreaction, Peter. I know. But he looked great in this game. Granted, yeah. it's Devontae Smith and a bad receiver core, and he's probably twice oh. the size of Devontae Smith. But he looked great. He had a pick six, man. Come on. That like, and okay, drafted can- five <clears throat> Cowboys. Five. Let me read off his roster in the other league. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb. I'm buying in. Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup. And those are all of his Cowboy players. I'm shocked he hadn't picked up Dallas Schultz yet. Dude, Dalton Schultz. <laughs> Dalton. You need Dallas to. Schultz. That's a sick man. You need to look into Dallas. just going to pick up fucking – who does they have now at backup quarterback? Is it – uh they lost to Nucci. Will Greer. Some... Will oh, Greer. Really? Yeah. Huh. Did you not watch Hard Knocks? Come on, dude. <laughs> I, I know like, you did. I know you're oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Keep I it coming, man. Keep First it coming, season dude. he's tuned into. I'm buying into Cowboys on the offensive side, and they put 40 points up on Monday Night Football, so I don't want to hear it. So I don't want to hear it. It's done. Like nine points. I'm done. See, <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Come on. I'm done. Come on. All right. Let's dive in back to this. Let's dive back into this hell of a Sunday night football game. Come on, guys. 
come on. All right. Devontae Adams is back, if it weren't clear to anybody from watching the game. He had 12 catches on 18 targets, 132 yards, and a touchdown. And if you're watching this game, like I said, he took a brutal helmet-to-helmet hit that should have been the most clearest penalty in the history of penalties. Like, I mean, it was classic helmet-to-helmet. It was terrible. He goes into the tent. Well, first of all, he sits on the field for like, I don't know, two minutes, and then it goes to commercial break. And then we find out that he's like up and moving, which was great because that was a possibility of him not getting up and moving from a hit like that. And at least he's up and moving. And I was like, okay, he goes into the injury tent. And I was like, all right, he's probably out for the game. Nope. He comes back and like, what? I don't know. The time elapsed during that time. I'm pretty sure. One play? Really? I mean, that's Devontae Adams for you, baby. What a guy. MJ, MJ and Scotty, dude. MJ and Scotty. I love it. I want to talk a whole lot about Jimmy G in this game because I have some thoughts, man. I mean, let's start with the stat line. 25 for 40, not that bad. 257 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Not terrible, like, on as far as stat watching goes. But he allowed the Green Bay defense, a Green Bay defense who has a pretty decent pass rush. I'll give it to him. But, like, a Green Bay defense that has not been that great so far this year to have 11 quarterback hits. And I think that's not – just because of the offensive line. Jimmy G looked scared in this game. He looked like he was aware that he was not going to have more than two seconds to throw the ball or whatever. Like he looked like he was, he heard footsteps all game. Like I used to, I used to play lacrosse and I know exactly how that feels, man. Cause I was terrible and everybody was so much bigger than me. And anytime I would go after the ball, I would hear the footsteps, the dudes coming behind me. And I would freak out. Now I'm just like, get off the ball. I felt like Jimmy G was doing much of the same thing in this game. He looked scared, absolutely scared in this game. Let's talk about this fumble too. I mean, another reason, classic frightened Jimmy G. I mean, he has a brutal fumble that, granted, Green Bay didn't get a touchdown off of this, but they got a field goal. But the fumble wasn't even like a contact fumble. He was literally just like, he was wincing up, ready to, ready to be clocked. And he loses the grip on the ball. He goes to throw it, realizes he's going to get hit, winches up, and ba- like th- he's already into his throwing motion. So he like throws it right into the ground, and it's a fumble. And it gives Green Bay, what was it, on the 40-yard line that they got the ball? I mean, that should have lost them the game right there. They held him to a field goal, granted. But you saw Kyle Shanahan after this fumble just like shaking his head. I mean, how terrible, how terrible. And I want to I want to toss it to you guys. Like, is the Green Bay defense getting better, or was Jimmy G just terrible? Jaden, I'll start with you. I mean, he didn't look that bad on the touchdown drive at the end of the game. He didn't look that scared. He did not look the greatest for the rest of the game, I will say. But this is what you've come to expect from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not going to be your fearless leader. He's you know, a game manager. He's going to be, he is Jared. He was what Jared Goff was in LA and they're hoping that Trey Lance can be, you know, their Matt Stafford, you know, where he is able to elevate past Shanahan scheme, which is beautiful, by the way, I love watching the 49ers play oh, just yeah. because of how well that offense is schemed up. It's beautiful. And 
hopefully Trey Lance is that guy where he can elevate it, but he didn't look great in preseason and, you know, it's preseason, but if you want to be good in the NFL or you're supposed to be anyway, I feel like preseason should be, you should at least be competent and, you know, hopefully he can be that spark, but I think Jimmy G plays like we were talking about it. I think he plays more games than Trey Lance does this year. Just because we've seen how Justin Fields worked out when you take the Mm -hmm. veteran out and you put in the rookie. I was just about to say that. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think serviceable would be the perfect word to describe Jimmy G in this game. Like, he kept them in the game. He made some nice throws. Uh, Like, you you already referenced the throw to Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. I mean, that was a great play. He knew exactly where he was going. It was a very specific route. And he hit hit him right in the chest. So, he can make some throws definitely but I, like you said come to expect this out of jimmy g and we've already seen you but alex smith was talking the other day on espn which is fun fact alex <laughs> smith is on espn now which is pretty sweet but um alex smith was like putting a quarterback in at such a young age like in such like a rookie season like it can really and if that doesn't turn out well for them i mean you've seen it mitchell trubisky justin fields like if it well, Justin Fields, we don't have the long term track record yet, but like putting quarterbacks in before the ready is detrimental to their progress. So I I agree with you. I think Jimmy G will be the starter all year. Mitchell, what you got? Uh, Jimmy G is what you get out of him. He is like ESPN analyst Alex Smith, a perfect <laughs> game manager. You can plug him into Kyle Shanahan's system and play him however you want. But I don't know if that'll work for them this year, seeing as though their secondary is extremely weak right now after losing Verrett and just now getting Josh Norman to try to learn the defense. This team will be solid just because of Shanahan scheming and a perfect game manager at quarterback, but I don't have a high ceiling for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't, as long as Jimmy G is the quarterback, I don't think they make it back to the Super Bowl this year, which is okay. Like – it's okay. Like give, give Trey Lance, like some time to figure it out. But Jimmy G is not a Super Bowl. Like I know he led a team to a Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I know. But if he keeps playing like this, he's not going to lead any team to a Super Bowl. So those are the thoughts on the Packers 49ers game on Sunday night football. What a game. Let's dive into the other games that we had on the slate this week. And I'll start with, Panthers taking the dub on Thursday night football, 24 to nine. DJ Moore goes for eight catches, 126 yards. Um, Mitchell, I want to throw it to you real quick. CMC exited this game in the first quarter with a hamstring injury. What's the status? What are your thoughts? Initially, they, before even an MRI came in, they were talking about doing short-term IR because they feared it could be a grade two hamstring strain. But considering the fact that they haven't put them on there, it leads me to believe it's probably a grade one strain, which usually takes seven to 10 days. But seeing as though he is the centerpiece of this team, I wouldn't be shocked if he missed two weeks, but it shouldn't be a long absence for him. So I'm optimistic for Christian McCaffrey. I like it. I like it. Also, another major injury in this game was uh, J.C. Horn the primary corner for Carolina, who ends up breaking his foot in this game. Mitchell, do you think there's any shot that he makes it back this year? I've seen a few reports that it looked like he had multiple metatarsals broken in his foot. So 
and they have not ruled surgery off the table. So for a rookie corner at a position where you have to move as much as he does and is required to plan as much on that foot, I would not be surprised if they did the surgery just for him long-term, especially after they moved the move for Henderson because he seems like they want to try to see it, try to salvage the season still. And he's a great cornerback along with A.J. Bouye. I think they're planning for the worst with Horn. Yeah, which is understandable with multiple metatarsals broken in his foot. Ooh, fancy medical lingo. That, those are like the tiny bones in your foot, right? <laughs> they're they're kind of – it's pretty much right before you get to your toes. It's more for like planting off of like the balls of your toes almost. They're in the middle. And you, you can't really do much if they're all – well, multiple are broken. That means it's multiple toes pretty much that are affected. Right. It's very – by the way, if it wasn't clear to anybody already – Mitchell is our in-house brand new injury expert that we have. He's uh, very, very well, well equipped in the injury arena, unlike me and Jaden. So it's fun. It's fun to hear the status of these guys and uh, hear about broken metal tarsals. It's pretty much the only reason we brought him in. (laughs) Yeah, so we can do this. Yep. We got a new Stefania Bell. He knows nothing about football. (laughs) Just Hmm. injuries. We just have him. At least I know stuff about basketball. Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Kane just got a stray for no reason. Good thing you didn't know so little about basketball that we had to change the whole podcast platform. (laughs) We had to change a stray for a shot that I threw at Mitchell. (laughs) I could have caught in the crossfire, man. I'm just just out to be punched tonight, I guess. It is what it is, man. I'm a Washington football team fan. Happens to me. It is what it is. And with that, wow, I guess what a wonderful transition. I guess I guess we should get into <laughs> yeah. it. Uh the Bills. Your, um, tone, smack- your tone just fell all the way down. <laughs> like you've had this like lively podcast voice going for this entire thing. You're just all right, and that takes us to our next right. game. The Bills. All right. Let me in the case worst of not of being worst. biased. In the case of not being biased, Ow. let me try to. Let me try to pick up my tone a little bit, but the Bills absolutely blow the socks off the Washington football team in Buffalo. Final score was, it makes me sick to say it, 43 Bills, 21 Washington football team. And let me just give some of my, uh, some of my initial thoughts on this. Our Let's defense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll rant. Trust me. Good Our defense. Cowboys fan. Hey, no, no, no. I don't want to hear any more talk about the Cowboys fans on this podcast. I swear to God, like, stop, man. It makes me so upset. It does. It really does. Like, I hate being associated with the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I like them in fantasy. That makes me a good fantasy player. I'm very unbiased. But I hate the Cowboys, dude. I hate them. I hate them. I can't. I can't do it. All right. Please don't mention the Dallas Cowboys again. Please. I beg of you. Let me have to let me (laughs) let me just let me just get into the downfalls of my own team. Okay, let me let me dive into that. All right. Our defense. I said on the pod before this game that our defense will not get blown out all year. 
I said that this defense would keep us in most every game we play. I said take the spread on this game because it'll be a close one. We might lose, but it'll be a close one. I've never been more wrong in my entire life. But, I mean, a lot of other people are wrong, too. I mean, coming into this year, the Washington football team defense was a top five defense on paper, like 100%. And they looked great last year. But the defense so far this year, I don't know what it is, man. I It's it's not to say, like, I can't, like, it's so hard. Our pass rush can't do absolutely anything right now. I don't know what's going on with Chase Young, but he's been – dormant so far this year and like yeah zero uh, he's got zero sacks on the year right i'm correct by saying that i don't even want to look at it but okay yeah i figured i mean it just it the defense looks horrific like to allow 43 in uh, to anybody is terrible like the washington football team defense is a concern i i do think they will bounce back like this is too good of a defensive team on paper to not be good for most of the season. But so far this year, there's definitely cause for concern. If our defense cannot step it up, we might not win another game this year because our strengths are not on the offensive side, obviously. Our, what we're relying on in the offense is to just make the small plays because our defense will keep us in the game. So we just need to not make the big mistakes on offense. And, like, we don't need to put up, like, 30 points. Like, we just need the defense to keep us in games. And if the defense can't keep us in games, we're not going to win anything, much less a division title. But I mentioned I mentioned the offense a little bit already. But I uh, Taylor Heineke throws two dummy interceptions in this game. They look terrible. I was talking about it on the pod last podcast, but – we just need a quarterback that's not going to make the big mistakes. And I get it. Game script called for Taylor Heineke throwing a ton in this game, but those interceptions look brutal. I mean, I don't know what he was staring at. I mean, throws it into triple coverage on a slam route and it's going to get Almost like he was a practice squad player. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I needed that, but yeah. I mean, if I don't even know what to say, like if the, if our defense cannot step it up, we might not want to get him for the rest of the year. Let's move on. The Titans come out on top of the Colts 25 to 16 and Ryan Tannehill bounces back with three touchdowns in this game. But Carson Wentz continues to struggle, especially with two bum ankles. Uh, The Saints end up on top of the Patriots 28 to 13. Mac Jones, despite his stellar start through two weeks, throws three picks in this game against Granted, a very, like a very, very solid Saints defense this year. Like, I mean, they held the Packers to three points in week one. Like, give credit where credit is due. But Mac Jones threw three picks in this game. I don't think it's any cause for the concern, but just the highlight. Uh, Falcons end up coming up on top in their matchup against the Giants, 17 to 14. The Giants, both teams were facing falling to 0-3 in this game, and the Giants end up being the loser, so they fall to 0-3, which we were talking with Tyler on the last podcast about what it means for a team to fall 0-3. It means nothing good. Um, the next game, Bengals end up winning against the Steelers 24-10. to And, Jaden, I'll just toss it to you, man. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I kind of thought, like, I know – Maybe in the podcast, I'm pretty sure I picked the Steelers, but when we did 
our like predictions, I think I picked Cincinnati. Uh, if TJ Watt's not playing and Tewitt's still not there and Highsmith's also out and Deontay Johnson's out, we aren't going to win too many football games because kind of in the same way that San Francisco has their defense set up where their pass rush is going to manufacture a lot of their coverage. Granted, we, granted we have Minka Fitzpatrick and they don't, but we, we're supposed to have all of our coverage come through our pass rush, as weird as that sounds, because our secondary is awful. Our corners is probably the worst or at least one of the worst three groups in the entire league. So our defense all comes from putting so much pressure on. We had 28 pressures on Josh Allen in week one, which is nuts. I, I don't, we didn't even get a sack on Joe Burrow. Who's being protected by one of the worst lines in the NFL snapping the longest active streak might've been in NFL history of 75 straight games with a sack snap that against the, one of the worst offensive lines in football. If we don't have TJ Watt moving forward, I think he's supposed to be back from what I've heard. He's supposed to be back on Sunday. So that's good. We need to it back, but it doesn't look good. There's a doesn't look good. Very, and uh, I'm surprised you didn't, uh, didn't mention, uh, Mr. Bum Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he has been downright terrible this year. I mean, you guys aren't going anywhere with him as your quarterback. Now I can't be talking. I, I know we have Taylor say, Hine. Sir, you, I know. Uh, I but we were talking about this before the pod. Like Ben does not have any other like elements to his game. Like he has to throw the ball. Thirty nine. Like, I know. This, this I is, know. This is this is his Eli year. Like this is when Eli was like at the end, and everybody knows he's horrible. He's washed. <laughs> everybody knows he's horrible, but it's respect. You got a guy that's taken you, got you two Super Bowls, has been your franchise quarterback for. 17 years you give him his final ride and yeah we're gonna i mean be better I than the giants were that year because they were awful yeah no so, I, and this is let's not forget this is a ben roethlisberger who was leading an undefeated team the last undefeated team in the league last year so and a lot of people forget like i remember us talking about like I remember seeing mock drafts. We started out 0-4, I think it was in 2013. I saw mock drafts having us take Teddy Bridgewater. Like, that's how long people have been saying we need to replace Big Ben. And obviously not last year. And then the year before that, Big Ben was out from, like, week two on. The year before that, he threw for 5,000 yards. Like, this is – and it's weird to think that that was three years ago because I feel like there hasn't been three years of football for Big Ben in between that time. But it's just kind of hard to see the only quarterback that you've ever known just be – and Mitchell, like, you can can definitely support this. It's really hard to see the only quarterback you've ever known. And granted, Philip Rivers didn't struggle like – Yeah, exactly. Philip Rivers is not – He went to the Colts and led them to the playoffs. He's about he's about he, to his arm. Yeah, but he's about to retire or you know, or not be on your team anymore. Like this sucks. This really yeah. sucks. No, I get it. And also See, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. You guys can't because you don't ever have a good years. quarterback. <laughs> yep. Um yep. and another This thing. is how he felt with RG3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he went to the Browns, you were just all of the 20 jerseys that you bought over the years all burned. 
but I've been, you know, I've talked to friends of mine, Ravens for Ravens fans, Ravens fan friends, and Big Ben is really the last element of that intense Steelers Ravens mm-hmm. rivalry, and you know that's pretty much gone now. Like it's it's yeah. Ravens Browns now. It's Steelers Browns. It's fucking Steelers Bengals. Yeah, I know. Apparently, like. Tyler Boyd's comments after the game. Fuck Tyler Boyd. He's the third <laughs> best receiver on his team. In case anybody missed it, Tyler Boyd after the game said that it appeared that the Steelers gave up on their last drive. He'll never play is... for my fantasy team. Hell with him. <laughs> Strong thoughts. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Let's dive into our next game on the slate, and that is uh, Cardinals at the Jags. Um, Cardinals, well, yeah, it was in Jacksonville. But – um. Cardinals come out on top in this one, 31 to 19, but it was a looked kind of ugly for the Cardinals for a little bit, but they come out on top. Uh, the Cardinals defense looks good again with a game saving pick six. Um, and Trevor Lawrence cannot cut down on the interceptions again. So what do you want to say? Also, what are the odds that in the same day that Matt Prater attempts a 68 yard field goal at halftime that then gets returned for a touchdown in the same in the same one o'clock window, Justin Tucker sets the record for longest field goal ever. What are the odds of that? When was the last time a sixty-five, just a sixty-five plus yard field goal was even attempted? We had two in one day. One got returned for a touchdown, and one Janikowski. won the freaking game. <laughs> and that's crazy because that was I think it was like thirteen years ago today. I saw it on Twitter today when they had Janikowski run out for that seventy-eight yarder. And also, <laughs> hell of a coincidence that Matt Prater was the whole. Like, yeah, and that's the he other had he, the record. He, he had the, the record. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, crazy stuff. Also, this what the hell were they thinking? Trying a sixty-eight yarder. Yeah, you <laughs> hey, have DeAndre Hopkins. Matt Prater could do it. Go, Matt Prater. Hopkins. It's like thirty-five. I'm not sending a thirty-five-year-old kicker out to sh- to try to knock down a sixty-eight yarder with like two seconds left. There's no point. No. No, I mean, I, obviously not a good call. And it came back for a pick six. Oh, so Galaxy they learned. Kingsbury. <laughs> the Cardinals. Had, Kingsbury had the uh, spread for the Jags covering. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all that we can say. Um, the next game that we have to cover is Broncos-Jets. Jets get shut out in this one. Zero points on the board. And the Broncos put up 26. Uh, the Broncos defense continues to impress as the Jets fall 0-3. Also, we were going to talk about it earlier, but it's just not that big of a game to discuss. Uh, Bears and Browns. um, Browns come out on top uh, 26-6, to I believe was the final score. Yeah, Um, 26-6. to And let's talk a little bit about it. I mean, Justin Fields, geez, looked terrible in this game. His final line was 6-for-20, 68 yards. And – there was a lot of debate on Twitter after the game that a lot of it was Matt Nagy's play calling. Um, there was a call. There was a lot of calls for more play action. Um, I mean, Jaden, I'll toss it to you, man. What was the problem with Justin Fields? Uh, Jason Peters is like 350 pounds and 40 years old, and he's playing their starting left tackle. That's <laughs> Justin Fields' problem. And he had to guard. He was looking at Miles Garrett all day that that is justin field's problem uh this is one of that is a big problem that is a big problem yeah i mean miles garrett had four and a half defensive player of the year pick if 
by Mr. Jaden Kozak looking very strong right now. Um, but this has got to be one of the worst mixes as far like single game. Like you finally put Justin Fields in. This has got to be one of the worst mixes ever because first of all, like I just said, Jason Peters is extremely overweight and he's 40 years old. He cannot move. He's guarding one of the two most dominant pass rushers in football and Justin Fields has a tendency to hold onto the ball. That was one of his knocks coming out of Ohio state was that he holds onto the ball a little bit longer than you'd like him to. And that's exactly what happened. And he got sacked nine times. I, I mean, this is, if you There's would have told me to that say. this would happen, I would be like, well, you know, this, this, and this add up, that makes sense. Yeah. And as far as like you, you said a little bit about Allen Robinson, um, that's this is trouble for those people yeah. that took him as a top 10 receiver, myself included. I don't have him anymore, but I was one of those people that was like, great. Take Allen Robinson. I know that the quarterback's been an issue, but you know, eventually Justin Fields is going to play and he's going to provide some kind of explosiveness, some kind of upside for Allen Robinson. Granted, he's going to turn the ball over sometimes, but that doesn't affect Allen Robinson. This is not good. Not good at yeah. all. And Dalton no. is Dalton hurt. Still, Dalton's hurt still right now, and um, there's three quarterbacks in the mix this week. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. (laughs) Nick Foles is back in the mix to start at quarterback for the Chicago Bears because they're considering Nick Foles, Justin Fields, and Andy Dalton in this game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. A three headed quarterback system has worked so well in the past, (laughs) maybe on some college teams, but in the NFL, it tends not to go so go very well um but yeah also i wanted to say matt nagy like there was a lot of talk about his game plan after the game but justin Fields just looked bad first of all just want to say that chicago bears fans trying to blame it on matt nagy like just Fields was just bad in this game he just was did not play well but matt nagy's play calling has always been an issue i've said this for since the beginning of last year like Matt Nagy is a problem. He's a bad football coach and it's starting to become evident to Chicago bears fans. Finally. Um, let's I'm dive into our sure, next. I'm pretty sure bears fans were on that take before you were. No, man, I've heard plenty of Chicago. I, there's a lot of, cause I'm pretty close to Chicago up here in Lexington and there's a lot of bears fans and every single bears fan loves to defend Matt Nagy. I don't know why. Like, and like i just i know they loved it and i might like love to do defend matt nagy like they don't love to defend anybody chicago bears fans but that they've never pointed to matt nagy as the direct problem until this week so on at least my personal experience with chicago bears fans the next game on the slate is raiders dolphins and raiders end up coming with with the ot dub in this one 31 to 28 uh, Raiders continue to roll three and O start and Derek Carr looks really solid in this game. Uh, Mitchell, I just wanted to ask you real quick. Um, Josh Jacobs, what's the status with him? I know he's got some uh, turf coat going on. Turf toe and his ankle. He had a sprain as well. Well, with his turf toe, they, that usually just lingers because it's such an important aspect of running because you hyperextend that big toe for the turf toe and it's right on the ball of your foot and you need that to pivot and it looks like they're optimistic that he'll be back next week because it's such a big game for them in division 
against the Chargers. They're going to want to get him out there. I imagine he'll play this week. I don't know how explosive he'll look, even against our horrible run defense, but they're optimistic. So, In my personal experience, like, I mean, I haven't gotten turf toe myself, but, like, watching fantasy players over the years, turf toe is something that lingers 100%. Like, eh, some guys don't even get over it for the whole year. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what Josh Jacobs can do going forward. Um, next game we have to cover is Vikings coming out on top 30 to 17 against the Seahawks. Kirk Cousins throws for three touchdowns in the first half against a struggling Seattle defense, which wasn't expected before the year, but this Seattle defense has been horrific so far. But when you got Russell Wilson, and D- I mean, me and Jaden were talking about it before the pod, when you got such an offense that the Seahawks do, it's not that huge of a concern, but also Where's all that talk on Alexander Madison now, huh? I heard a lot of people talking about um, last year's one-week sample size of him not doing anything, but he kind of shut everybody up. 26 carries, 112 yards, and six catches on 59 yards. So go to Alexander Madison. He he did play a half against the Seahawks last year and looked amazing against the Seahawks as well in that game. So I I wouldn't exactly take this as – He's going to be a starter somewhere else because he didn't. No, I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying that. But as far as like handcuff, though. Yeah, no. Like as far as one of the premium like handcuffs in the league, Alexander Madison is up there with Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt right up there. Kareem Hunt has standalone value, but that's a whole nother conversation. Last game we got to cover is Monday Night Football. Cowboys smack the hell out of the Eagles 41 to 21. Um. All the slander I said on Zeke last week kind of got a backtrack on it because he clearly reclaimed the backfield in this one. 17 carries, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. So, with that, but that covers everything. That. Yeah, just love that. <laughs> I actually have uh, I have Zeke in um, Mitchell's League. Mitchell's League. So, I was happy to see Zeke. His too. Cowboys team. Yep. <laughs> Cowboys ran. Yep, yep, yep. All right, well, that covers the week three recap, but we did have some roster news happen this week, which is unusual for the middle of the season, if you ask me, but very interesting. Let's start off with a big trade that happened, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier. C.J. Henderson ends up being traded from Jacksonville to the Panthers. Um, It was C.J. and a fifth-round pick for Dan Arnold and a third-round pick. This is clearly a replacement for J.C. Horn or an attempt at doing so. Um, Mitchell, I'll start with you. How well does C.J. Henderson fit into the Panthers' defense? I think I'm optimistic for Henderson. I haven't seen a lot of Jaguars games because who has? (laughs) But he has all the potential in the world after coming out of Florida last year, you wonder if it's just kind of like a Minka Fitzpatrick situation where he just didn't really want to be with that team. So he wasn't reaching where he could be. I hope that they can find a good place for him because he's a hell of a player. Yeah. Jaden, what you got? Yeah, I totally agree. This was a guy that I would have loved to see in Pittsburgh because we have a massive need at corner. Like I've, been extremely outspoken about and he was a guy that clearly was not going to finish the season in Jacksonville Urban Urban Meyer doesn't like him or he doesn't like Urban Meyer I mean Trey Herndon was 
over him in the depth chart. And this is a guy who was a, the number nine pick two years ago, two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, so this is almost a no-brainer for Carolina, especially when J.C. Horn goes down and need opens up. And you can get a guy like this for Dan Arnold, who's a replacement, easy, easily replaceable level tight end, and a third-round pick. And then J.C. Horn comes back next year. You have two young corners that could potentially be, you know, two of the top corners in the league in a couple of years. And in addition to Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, Darnold, Moore, McCaffrey, like this moving Brian. forward, this, yeah, moving forward, this could be a Henderson really makes them scary in the future. Yeah. And for the right now, too, I mean, Panthers yeah. are sitting at 3-0, and and their defense has been their main strength. And as long as Sam Darnold can continue to play how he's been playing and DJ Moore can continue to do what he's doing, and as long as CMC is healthy, I mean, this is a scary team. And for years to go. The sky's the limit. Come, yeah, exactly. I mean, Sam Darnold, just top five pick just a couple of years ago. I mean, he's still a young guy. So, yeah, love to see what Carolina's doing right now. Also, in other roster news this week, Mr. Josh Gordon, Mr. Ganja, as I like to call him, has been reinstated to the NFL once again for probably, I mean, it's probably like fifth time now, right? I mean, I stopped like keeping that. track. Yeah. But he's five, he's been reinstated again, and he signs with the Chiefs. He's expected to sign to the practice squad with the expectation that he will be moved to the active roster. Um. My question is, like, how serious of an impact can he really have? I mean, the last productive season that he had was 2013, where he went absolutely berserk, almost 2,000 yards and nine touchdowns. But the last time he sniffed 1,000 yards was 2018, uh, when he was in Cleveland for the first part of the year and then New England. Um, he went for 737 yards and four touchdowns in just 12 games. And he has not, ha has not had more than 500 yards since then. Um, granted, he only played 11 games in 2019, and he hasn't played on an NFL team since. But I just like, okay, like I'm not really, especially in fantasy, I'm not, I'm not picking up Josh Gordon. And as far as like, as far as like the Chiefs go, like I don't think Josh Gordon is going to be that much of a factor. Jaden, well, I have two open roster spots, so uh, <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> I may have picked him up, but, and, and we're in an eight man league. So I fully expect to drop him within the next week or two, but I think this is great. I mean, you had to figure he was going to go to one of these teams that he, he's not going to go sign with Jacksonville. Like he's going to go to a Kansas city, Buffalo, LA, something like that. And the chiefs of course get him because that's what happens. Uh, you did say, though, that he's just going to get suspended again, which will not happen because the NFL does not drug test for weed anymore. So no, I didn't say he was going to get suspended again. Did he do it for crack? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. But, no, you did say in the group chat, you were like, he'll just get suspended again. He'll, he can't stay away from the ganjas, I'm pretty sure, was your exact quote. Oh, yeah, I did say that. But, yeah, yeah I guess I didn't know that, that the NFL <laughs> so, doesn't test for weed anymore. As long as he is producing on the field, he has no reason to not be out there. And he is the second most talented receiver on the Chiefs team as soon as he walks in the building. 
Miko Hardman's Miko Hardman's track star. That's uh, it. Hey man, let's not shit on Miko Hardman. A very high draft pick. I believe he was a second rounder. And Demarcus Robinson is also still there, who has caught, I believe, two touchdowns so far this year, at least one. And both I'm of those guys sure have been I've watched. Them. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I'm pretty sure I watched Miko bobble like three catches in the Baltimore game. They definitely need someone who can at least catch the football. He's a track star, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's all they are. I could Myron see Josh Pringle, Gordon taking Hardman. Like, I could see, I guess I could, but like the man hasn't seen real football action. Like very, like neither forever. have you. And you got a touch pass tonight. In intramural <laughs> flag football. I guess, I guess I could see Josh Gordon take on a Sammy Watkins type role. I guess yeah. like Josh Gordon's probably. Do I, yeah. Do I think he's going to walk in and be like a, very good starter, no, but I think he'll be the second best receiver on that team. There's still a very steep drop off from Tyree Kill to Josh Gordon, but I think he's better than Hardman. I think he's better than Demarcus Robinson, Pringle. Like, I think he's fairly better than all those guys. Fairly, I don't know about fairly, but I, I mean, Miko, like, and, obviously hasn't lived up to the hype. And yeah. like, I get a lot what you're saying. Like, he is basically just that deep threat. He is. Tyreek Hill extra light like I mean they need somebody like that Sammy Watkins that they had who can just like catch passes I, I would like receiver to, I'd like to say that I find it hard to believe that the Josh Gordon saga has been going on for eight years I know 2013 Absolutely was insane. the 1600 yard I know how many Absolutely times can insane. you get <laughs> I know well that's what I'm saying like I lost track after like the third time like this got to be like the fifth time. So I love the guy. I love me a good criminal. <laughs> I'm a sucker. Can I say? <laughs> I'm a sucker. All right. Well, that does it for the roster news. Finally, to wrap up the podcast, let's dive into Thursday night football, which isn't a stellar matchup, but you know, there's some things to keep an eye on. Uh, that is Jacksonville Jaguars at the Bengals on Thursday night. Yeah, kind of ugly, kind of ugly. But like I said, there's things to watch. Um, Jamar Chase has been having a hell of a year so far this year. Um, can he continue to do this? I mean, he's got 11 catches, 220 yards, and four touchdowns this year. That Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection looks very, very prominent so far. Um, also, can Trevor Lawrence cut down on the interceptions? I mean, it's been brutal so far this year. He's got seven interceptions in three games. That's tied for the most in the league. I mean, it's been absolutely terrible for Trevor Lawrence, who has gotten his good taste of medicine of welcome to the NFL so far, to say the least. Also, a little tidbit to watch in this game. Um, is James Robinson finally taking his job back? Um, last week, it looked very, very promising for James Robinson owners, especially in fantasy. Um, 15 carries, 88 yards, and a touchdown versus the Cardinals last week. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe – Maybe he finally gets out of the doghouse and comes above Carlos Hyde, who uh, I'm not surprised about the Carlos Hyde playing, honestly, because that was Urban Meyer's Urban, guy yeah. Yeah, yeah, at Ohio State. And Carlos Hyde was more of a college star than an NFL star. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised, but looks like talent is finally starting to make its way here. The spread for this game, Cincinnati is favored by minus seven and a half. The money lines, 
Bengals minus 350, Jags plus 280. Um, my pick for this game, I'm taking the Bengals on the spread and the money line, even though it's a considerable spread. Jaden? Yeah, I'm going to go Bengals on the spread and the money line, too. The Jaguars have looked awful. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. Yep. And with the offense that can carve up the Steelers and who are granted a lot of missing people, but like still very solid defense. And you're playing Jacksonville who just traded away CJ Henderson, who, like you said, was playing lower on the depth chart, but I mean, this is a terrible defense. So I can't imagine what Joe Burrow is going to do to them. Uh, Mitchell. Uh, I'd love to tease at the, uh, the Jags covering the spread just because they did so well against the Cardinals, but I can't. They just suck. I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. you're in a survivor a pool, spread, just but... take place Jaguars. <laughs> or the like, Jets. Yep. Jaguars and Jets alternate. Gosh, they couldn't uh, even after they, – they went one and two in the draft, and now look at them. Jeez, just perennial bad teams, I guess. But, yeah. That is the preview for Thursday Night Football. Not a stellar matchup, but, hey, football is back on Thursday. Got to love it. Week four coming up. We are now putting out two pods a week, which I mentioned earlier. But with that, we are going to come out with an episode after Thursday Night Football. Well, the episode won't be out after Thursday Night Football, but we're going to record the episode after Thursday Night Football and have it out on Friday. And we are recording this on Wednesday night going into – or no, Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. But uh, I'll have the pod out later today. And yeah, that just about does it. Keep an eye out for the week four preview with Mr. Tyler North signing off the team members of the Blitz podcast. Catch you later, guys.